Hey, hey, what's going on? This is the Wrestling for MMA podcast, although this week the MMA is going to be pretty light and the wrestling is going to be pretty heavy. Uh, last week's card was the Edwards versus Muhammad card, and it was weird, and not much happened really with regard to wrestling and grappling. And upcoming this week, we have the Brunson versus Holland card, which does have a wrestler in the main event, but I think that's really overshadowed by the fact that this weekend, starting Thursday, it's the NCAA Wrestling Championships Division One level. That's more important than MMA for sure. So uh, just for fun, I think I'm going to go through the brackets and, and talk about wrestling after I finish my little MMA recap. Before I do any of that, uh, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the fight site on Patreon. $3 is the minimum investment, and it goes a long way. We have a lot of content on there. A lot of commentaries, breakdowns, uh, videos, things that you might not know that we have. <laughs> you just gotta scroll through and see all the stuff that goes up there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. There's some wrestling commentaries, MMA commentaries, uh, all sorts of analysis. Hours and hours and hours of analysis that you haven't seen or heard. And uh, it's worth it. And uh, I'll definitely let you know when new stuff goes up there. I just finished my George St. Pierre resume review series. I think that is definitely something you might want to check out. If you're a psycho, I guess you could just listen to the audio and not watch the fight. Uh, or, I mean, you could try to sync up the audio and watch the fight on your own, but I'm not watching it straight. And I'm going back and forth, I'm stopping, I'm slowing things down, I'm doing breakdowns, and you know what I mean? It, it, it's definitely it's more beneficial to watch the video with me on, on my version, so <laughs> uh, check out the fights out on Patreon. Higher tiers will get you into the Discord server, and beyond that, there are custom content request tiers that I think would definitely appeals to some of you but ultimately the main thing is the content three dollars gets you all the content sign up and then when we reach 200 patrons which we're only 25 away from right now we will release a special article series about the top ufc fights of all time and uh that's gonna be good that's gonna be good i'm sure you can guess what some of those fights are but i'm not gonna give anything away no spoilers uh yeah so let's uh let's talk about mma for a little bit the card was decent. <laughs> Leon Edwards in the main event was looking pretty good against Bilal Muhammad, just a southpaw double attacking him to pieces. And they clinched a little bit, and there was like one situation where Muhammad got double underhooks and jacked him up real high and got, got the armpits raised and turned him around. That was good on him, uh, but otherwise he didn't, you know, do much. <laughs> Edwards pummeled in off of double underhooks, which is very difficult to do, uh, and turned him around real quick. And you know, looked, looked good in the clinch, so I wouldn't draw too much from that, you know, the, the first round of a five-rounder, you know, and not against Usman, so I wouldn't start jumping to conclusions about that. Uh, I mean, there really wasn't that much to talk about otherwise. Um, Matthews Nicolau got maybe a robbery decision over a Manel kick, but I liked it because I really liked Nicolau, and I actually didn't know he had that much of an offensive wrestling game. Uh, it wasn't great, but he, he took this terrible shot, like this really bad double leg, and drove it to the cage. And once he hit the cage, he went really deep with a knee block on the right side, you know, stuck his knee against the cage, and uh, body lock tripped uh, Cape over the over the knee block. And I thought that was very good. It looked very procedural, like he knew what he was doing, and then his top game looked good. So uh, I was happy about that. His counterpunching looked good. He did some good work off the back foot. Uh, the snap kick was nice to intercept. And uh, yeah, his chin looked good too, which is something that I wasn't sure about because... You know, Dustin Ortiz knocked him out through his guard 
uh, standing with a head kick, but he was just eating clean punches from Cape and never really got rocked or wobbled. So I'm happy he got the win, um, and, and unfortunately for Ryzen fans uh, for that outcome, but, you know, I'm happy, and that's what matters. Other than that, I mean, Charles Jordan versus Marcelo Rojo was a good fight, but it wasn't very wrestling-centric. Uh, there was some clinching, but I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, Hani Yaya. Hani Yaya is a very funny fighter. <laughs> the fact that he like has barely improved his striking over the years uh, and just, you know, in desperation chases takedowns and just whatever he needs to do to get to these positions. Um, he, he Like a lot of jiu-jitsu guys, he's good at uh, riding those body locks on the cage and hitting, like, outside trip finishes to pull them over like that knee block that Nicolau did. And I think the thing about that is that you can really sag your weight and really commit to like almost like a suicide drag on those if you're that good as a grappler because you can, you know, end up on the ground and, and it's fine uh, no matter what. You know what I mean? So he, his top game looked good. His passing looked good. I love arm triangles, so I love that style. Uh, setting him up from half guard especially is, is very cool. Cross body uh, control. But uh, yeah, I thought that was nice. And uh, Dan Tom, I don't like You guys should definitely know who Dan Tom is, just because he's a prominent analyst, but also because he's been on a bunch of our panels, and I've been on his show. So if you don't know Dan Tom yet, you know you need to correct that. Uh, but he was talking to me about how dad jujitsu is the only real form of jujitsu. Uh, I think that's interesting. His evidence is, uh, you know, Rodolfo Vieira, despite looking like he's uh, very leathery and and aged is actually a, a pretty young man <laughs> relative to these other guys so Rodolfo Vieira didn't didn't get it done uh Curtis Blades also a young man could not could not pull off his wrestling game plan against uh Derek Lewis uh but you know Haniyaya Glover Tashira um even you know not necessarily a grappler or wrestler but another old person <laughs> in uh, Jan Blachowicz uh you know pulling off these game plans I think Damian Maya is a good example of dad jiu-jitsu just uh not really worrying about being clean or that effective on the feet and just, you know, selling out at all costs to get these takedowns and get it to the mat. And it works. It works a lot of the time. I think that harkens back to the early days of the UFC where uh, the entries were very, very ugly and terrible, but it didn't matter. It was just, you know, get yourself in clinching range, wrestling range, and you're going to do it. You're going to get in there and you're going to get it done. So, um <laughs> Honey, I did it against a, a debuting UFC fighter uh, who I think is pretty solid on the regional scene and also a black belt, allegedly in jiu-jitsu. So I, I suppose it's impressive, but, you know, against a better wrestler, is that going to work? And, you know, Glover Tashira is getting done at light heavyweight, which I think speaks to light heavyweight being the way it is. But also Glover is just a hero because he's, like, getting rocked and knocked dead in these fights and still ending up on top and finishing people and, you know, getting his ground game going, which I think is amazing. Uh, so dad jiu-jitsu is, is clearly a very powerful art form, very real, unlike normal jiu-jitsu, which is uh, fake. Uh, sport jiu-jitsu is especially fake. We saw that when Hojer Gracie got outgrappled by Tim Kennedy. So yeah, jiu-jitsu is fake, wrestling's real, and uh, that, that's the bottom line. So Hanyaya, shout out, shout out to him. Uh, I did not watch Nazarat Hakparas versus Hafa Garcia, but I heard it was okay. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, there were other fights, but I don't really think they were that important. So this card is pretty easy to not talk about. And next week, well, this weekend, rather, is uh, Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. Oh, my God. Gregor Gillespie's fighting. Just kidding. I knew that because I uh, I have a video coming out. I don't know when it's coming out. It's not that long, but just a little bit about 
some of the cool riding and mat return tactics he used against Yancy Medeiros. Just a little short breakdown. Uh, I enjoyed that that performance. And Gillespie, you know, he shoots people to the cage. His finishes on the cage aren't that clean, but he's good at coming up to rear standing, getting that rear standing body lock. And what I was talking about before with like the sag is he sags really hard off off one side. So he likes to ride with one boot in, one hook in, you might say, in jiu-jitsu, and you know, hang really hard off to that side towards the center off that leg. And if you try to like, you know, fall on top of him, then he's going to be able to scramble with you, and that favors him. Um, but otherwise, against the against Yancy Medeiros, Yancy did not want to fight the hands and you know get the grip off, which understandable. I'm sure Gillespie's very strong, and uh, Gillespie was doing this cool thing where to deal with the posts because all all Medeiros was doing was posting on both hands, like bent over in the quad pod position against the cage, um, mostly a stalling position really. But uh, to take away that post, Gillespie was you know taking the the hook out and kneeing the head. He was you know. Relief, releasing a little bit of pressure from the body lock to let him stand up, kneeing the head, taking away the post, and as soon as the hand came up, he was dragging him back down and trying to sag off to that side. It worked pretty well, so cool stuff like that. He's got a good top game, good scrambler, uh, very procedural, likes arm triangles, likes back control. So uh, he's fighting Brad Riddell, who has been wrestled by a couple of guys in the UFC so far, so I think that does not bode well for him, but also Gillespie just got knocked out with a head kick by a wrestler, so I think it's a good test for both of them. And I'm eager to see Gregor Gillespie again. I can talk about his performance. Uh, but yeah, very, very uh, grindy type of wrestler. But once it hits the mat, I, I think he's one of the best uh, in MMA at this point. So I think he has a high ceiling. I hope I hope he continues to improve. And the main event is Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. <sighs> Kevin Holland has a bit of an offensive wrestling game, uh, especially with body locks in the cage. I think that's good for a tall guy. He knocked out Charlie Ontiveros with a body lock. Uh, Derek Brunson is with Henry Hoof now and he's figured out how to like throw a two three and a body kick and pressure to the cage and shoot on the cage and, and do a whole wrestling system. He also took down Yoel Romero back in the day. I mean he he's a good wrestler man. So Kevin Holland got wrestled by Darren Stewart in his last fight, so I'm just expecting Holland to be pushed back and wrestled in the cage and maybe top gamed. I know his grappling is not bad. Uh so we'll see what happens when he takes him down. I'm definitely expecting Brunson to be able to take him down. We'll see what happens there. I, I'm rooting for Brunson, one, because he's the wrestler, but two, because uh, he's improving, and I want that to be rewarded. And Holland's a, a bit of a meme fighter in some ways, and his game is uh, not totally optimized for MMA, so I, I, I don't like to see that work. I like I prefer games that make sense. Uh, and Brunson's game used to be like, running behind his face, throwing combinations, and freaking out a lot, but his, he's learning. It, it makes a lot more sense now. Other stuff on the card was wrestling relevance... I mean, Leo Santos is fighting Grant Dawson. Those guys are both uh, grappling-centric, but Leo Santos has turned into more of a counter-puncher, which is very interesting. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Montel Jackson's a wrestler. I don't know the guy he's fighting at all. Uh, Chevin Giles is fighting Roman Delize, who is a, a grappler, a uh, pretty high-level nogi grappler, and uh, I don't know what his wrestling game is like, but he is Georgian, so could be good. And that's it. <laughs> there might be other ones, but nothing really worth talking about, so... That's it for that card. I want to zoom through that because I really want to talk about wrestling. Um, I'm going to do my little bracket breakdown. Tell you who to care about. Um, yeah. I think... Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, I shouldn't scroll Twitter while I'm recording the podcast. You know, shout out to, to Blaine Henry for being dumb. Uh, it's my friend, I can say that. But he, he's just trying to remind me that uh, there was a conversation I had like on a podcast with him and uh, Pat Auger 
uh, a few years ago where they were saying how fencing should be super helpful for MMA. And I said it was dumb. And they said, well, it turns out, uh, you know, kendo and karate have been using, uh, you know, fencing to help their footwork. I'm like, that's cool, man. But first of all, it's a different sport. And second of all, MMA fighters don't even know how to do MMA. They don't even know how to do the sport. Like, why are they fencing? They should be learning MMA. And someone commented, like, well, Bruce Lee incorporated it into his training. I'm like, I don't care. Like, that, how is that relevant to MMA training? It's not a good point just because people did it. Is Bruce Lee a good fighter? No. What was the evidence of that? So sorry. I got distracted by that. Let's talk about wrestling. Not about dumb things that people are tweeting at me. Um, yeah, you never know when your tweet might be featured on this podcast. Um, if you make me mad enough. Let's talk about wrestling. I'm going to do bracket breakdowns. Uh, you can watch the NCAA championships starting on Thursday on ESPN. I don't know what other ways they're going to be able to watch it. And I don't know what I'm going to do for it. I mean, obviously going to do some Patreon content where I can watch the matches and give some commentary. Maybe the NCAA Finals I'll do something for. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe one person's run for the tournament. Maybe just a couple of select matches. I was going to do that for conference championships, but I uh, I got really busy. So I might still go back and do that, but I got a lot of wrestling to cover. But uh, yeah, this is the, uh, like a freebie year. Everyone competing this year is not burning a year of eligibility. So if you're a senior this year and you're, you know, in your last year of school, you could still wrestle another year if you're still a student. So a lot of people are taking the option of going to grad school, which I think is interesting, but not every senior is really a senior. So I'm not even going to bother trying to figure out what year everyone is, but yeah, I just like to go through weight by weight and talk about who, who some of the guys that I'm interested in are and who you might be able to watch and yeah, just, just get my thoughts. And if you're a wrestling fan, then I'm sure you'll be familiar with all these guys. So 125 pounds, the guy is Spencer Lee. Uh, Spencer Lee is a three-time Pennsylvania State champion. Lost his senior year to Austin DeSanto, who he teched in the finals the year before that. But he had a really bad knee injury and kind of a grain of salt with that. But Spencer Lee's the man. Uh, I think he's a two-time NCAA champion so far. And he is going to take his next year of eligibility. So he could be a four-timer, which is awesome. Uh, and he hasn't, you know, not won it yet so it's not like the extra year is cheating uh just the his opportunity to win a third title last year was taken from him and he would have so spencer lee is the number one seed he's undefeated this year uh he is excellent on top that's his thing is is he shoots his singles gets to you know top position very quickly uh has a nice tilt series has a nice arm bar series uh texts people very quickly i think you know he's had one match get to the third period Maybe two matches get to the third period this year. He's just been super dominant, runs through people. Uh, he's a freestyle cadet and I think junior world champion. Uh, so he, he's just amazing, like a once-in-a-lifetime wrestler. He's taken some losses in college, mostly due to his gas tank. I don't know if he has bad conditioning or it's a weight cut thing or if he just wrestles super, super hard. And, and you know, if he doesn't put people away right away, then sometimes he fades. But the guys he lost to are like pound-for-pound pound elite guys. Uh one of them's doing MMA, uh, Nick Piccinini. He's training at AKA, so you'll see him someday. But he, he pinned Spencer Lee uh, after Lee Gass in one of their matches. But Lee has beaten him way more times than Piccinini has beaten him. And uh, Sebastian Rivera also has a win over him. And Sebastian Rivera will see him in the 141-pound bracket. So Spencer Lee's the man. Uh, he's going to have a pretty easy road, <laughs> honestly, to the finals. Um, he's going to wrestle uh, a guy from Purdue, Devin Schroeder, who's very solid, good on top. Did get a takedown on Lee at Big Tens, but Lee teched him anyway. Uh, and he might also wrestle Ravon Foley, who he has pinned and teched a million times. 
um, never had an issue with Rayvon Foley once in his life. So that's going to be his uh, his quarterfinal. And then the semifinals, he'll either have Drew Hildebrandt from CMU, who's, who's a tough, well-rounded wrestler, or he might have someone like uh, Brody Teske, who transferred from Penn State. Uh, but he's, he's going to beat these guys up. He's going to the finals. Uh, bottom half of the bracket, uh, the number three seed is Brandon Courtney from ASU, very athletic uh, wrestler, very skilled. I don't watch him too much. And uh, number two seed is Sam Latona. So if you watch any of my wrestling commentaries, you should remember Sam Latona from the end of that uh, Virginia Tech-NC State duel where he got the winning takedown and the near fall points at the end of the duel. It was so dramatic. Uh, he did that against Jacob Camacho, who's the sixth seed, so they're on the same side of the bracket. There's a bunch of other tough guys, like a, a Greco world team member, Taylor Lamont, uh, has been good this season. Uh, Robbie Howard is a freshman for Penn State. He's very good. Uh, Dylan Ragason made the finals of senior nationals a few months ago, and he, he's very good. Um, none of these guys are going to beat Spencer Lee, but it's just like a, a race to see who can get to the finals just to, for a high placement for your team. Um, I think Dylan Ragason could definitely upset some people. I think he might upset Jacob Camacho in the quarterfinals. And, uh, or, or, you know, court or whatever the second round matches. And then in the quarterfinals, he'll have, uh, Brandon Courtney, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan Ragason made it to the semis in the bottom. And then I think Sam Latona will, will, he's, he's very clutch. As you know, I think Sam Latona will make the semis as well. I'm going to pick Sam Latona to make the finals and Lee's going to beat whoever it is. <laughs> so 125 is pretty simple. Uh, 133, the number one seed is Dayton Fix. Uh, junior world champion, uh, NCAA finalist, very, very good wrestler. Just coming off a one-year suspension for Osterine. If you don't know the story about that, he got his suspension lightened because he gave an excuse. His excuse was, there was a water bottle in the fridge that I drank from that had Osterine in it. It was my dad's. So first of all, his dad isn't like anybody. He's not like a competitor, so it's not like... It makes sense for his dad to be drinking Austrian water. Uh, and second of all, he said that his dad got the water, got the Austrian from his coach, Chris Perry, an Oklahoma State coach. So terrible excuse uh, to say he did it, honestly. But <laughs> got his suspension lightened and was able to come back this year. The suspension was last year. Um, so he hasn't missed any NCAA wrestling, really. Uh, a good year to get suspended, honestly. Uh, but yeah, Dayton Fix, a former 2019 World Team member, he's going to work his way through to the semis pretty easily. And facing him is either going to be Mickey Philippi from Pitt, who you might have seen before if you watch any of my Pitt commentaries, or Austin DeSanto, who's one of the most prolific wrestlers in the NCAA. Uh, you might have seen him like do the cartwheel Kimura against Devon Micic uh, at NCAAs a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a rabid dog. Like I said, he beat Spencer Lee in high school. Uh, he has a lot of good wins in college, but everything for him is very centered around the uh, the fireman's carry off elbow control. So guys have kind of started to figure out that if you don't give him that tie-up, he's much less effective. Uh, Roman Bravo Young literally puts his arm behind his back when he wrestles Austin DeSanto, like, you have nothing for me if I don't give you this arm. So that is definitely something to watch out for. And Mickey Philippi is really good at controlling ties. It's one of his strengths as a wrestler. He's a little boring sometimes on the feet. Um, likes to control the two-on-one. Doesn't really like to shoot off of it. But he's got a couple of attacks on the feet. Mostly likes to slow things down. His real strength is on the mat, uh, top riding. Not a prolific turner, but just very, very good control from top position. So if you like to watch folk style rides, you might enjoy that. 
you're probably not going to be a Mickey Phillippe fan, but he's a pit guy, and I'm a pit guy, so I'm riding with him. I think he's smart enough to beat Austin DeSanto. He's a very intelligent wrestler. Um, I think he'll, he'll pass that IQ test. I think he'll make the semis against Fix. Now, he has a win over Dayton Fix. They've only wrestled once, and he beat him. Um, didn't take him down, but did ride him, and uh, I think it was like a one-point win. Uh, Fix didn't take bottom. Yeah, he didn't take bottom. Phillippe got out from underneath him. And then he might have he might have rode him, uh, he might have rode him out. So very impressive performance. Stalled his ass off on the feet, but he has defeated Dayton Fix before. I don't think he'll do it again. I think Fix will be more aggressive and just you know force the action and just kind of you know reveal that he is a better <laughs> flat out wrestler than Mickey Phillippe once they get into the exchanges. But that could be interesting. So I think Fix makes the finals. Then bottom side. You have Corbin Myers from Virginia Tech. You might have watched if you did watched any of my commentaries before, uh, like the NC State one. He has been an absolute hammer this year. He used to wrestle for Edinburgh. He transferred. Uh, he looks awesome. He's a Pennsylvania guy as well. And uh, Roman Bravo Young is, is the two seed at the bottom of the bracket, and he has looked phenomenal for a while now, wrestling well freestyle at the senior level. Uh, he wrestled Aljamain Sterling. Uh, if you remember that, at a, a pro event. And I think that's going to be the semi for sure. But, uh, I don't know. Corbin Meyer has been wrestling super hard. Uh, looks like a hammer. Controls the match very well. Uh, gets to his attacks. Very meat and potatoes, but very strong. Really good on top. You know, just looks like a grown man. And RBY uh, is more about, like, agility. Uh, obviously, he's very athletic, very fast. But he could struggle with someone who could be big and strong on top. That's my in-depth analysis. So I'm thinking that maybe in that semi, you might see a Corbin Myers upset make the finals. Um, I like Fix to beat Corbin Myers. I think Roman Bravo Young gives Fix more of an issue just because he can kind of match his speed a little bit. And Fix tends to shut down in, in elite matchups like that, like Nick Seriano, every time they wrestle, it's awful. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be bad. If it's RBY and Fix, even though the short, the small exchanges they do have will be excellent to look at, but I just don't think much is going to happen. So either way, I'm going to go ahead and pick Dayton Fix. I just think he's looking in pretty good form right now. Uh, he did get ridden a little bit at Big 12s, but I'm not really reading too much into that. But the point is that Fix is the 2019 World Team member. He's looking to make the Olympic team this year at 57 kilograms. I think he's going to be on point uh, just for that reason alone. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Dayton Fix to win this one. So, so far I've gone two for two, picking the one seed, but I will not be going chalk every weight. Don't worry about it. So that's 133. I think it's a good weight, but that's the main, that's the main thing. Um, 141. This is one of the most competitive weights, I think. There are at least three guys that I think could win titles, uh, and, and a couple other guys that are sleepers that could make some upsets, upsets happen. But this is probably one of the most exciting weights these guys are all animals. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite weights in the NCAA year after year. Uh, so let's go through. Number one seed is Jaden Ironman. So Jaden Ironman's a former Missouri wrestler. This is his first year as an Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, he is adopted uh, by the coach Mike Ironman. And Mike Ironman and Ben Askren invented like the funk style together. Like They came up with all that stuff. So things that are very, very common in college now... His adopted father is is the you know the originator of those techniques, and he's really responsible for Ben Askren's success. Mike Ironman is so. Jaden Ironman's very funky, uh, comes up with stuff out of nowhere, but he is much more 
physical, powerful, uh, you know, heavy hands, heavy hips on top. This is, you know, he, he's a different kind of wrestler than Ben Askren. So don't think like loose scrambling, like somehow getting his way out of these situations, like type of wrestling. Like, no, he's a very physical, imposing wrestler um, when he wants to be. And he used to wrestle at 133 is a crazy thing. Now he's a huge 141. Uh, freestyle, not as good for him just because I don't think he's super clean and, you know, hips aren't that flexible but <laughs> I, I think for Iowa he's a really good fit and he's looks really good this year um he's gonna wrestle my guy Cole Matthews from Pitt in the second round unfortunately I just don't like Matthews has much for him Matthews is ranked uh top 15 this year but he's 16 seed and this is the number one guy so I think he's gonna go ahead and make it to the quarterfinals where he is going to have Chad Red most likely and Chad Red's another guy who was super tough in high school uh, been super tough in college, has a lot of great moments. I think he pinned uh, two-time national champion Dean Hyla in NCAAs one year, so he's capable of some big upsets. I think he's, he's got big moves. He, he's solid fundamentally, uh, but I think Ironman's just going to be a man in, in this weight class and, and beat people up, so I expect him to impose his will, especially once he gets on top. Um, the other quarterfinal, we're going to have Dom Demas and probably Tariq Wilson, although I will say that uh, Real Woods from Stanford is also super tough and hasn't had a, a great shot and he's wrestling another really tough guy Grant Willits in the first round so that side of the, that little quarter of the bracket's gonna be really tough but Tariq Wilson made the finals at 133 a couple of years ago went on an amazing run uh, beat a bunch of tough guys and you know lost a close one to Seth Gross in the finals and then he had some down years where he was still solid um, but it's not as good as he showed in that tournament now he's up at 141 and was looking like all right whatever like he had some close matches like he went to overtime with Cole Matthews you know like that's not where he should be uh but at ACC's at the conference championship he looked amazing and he beat up Zach Sherman who's very good he, he beat him off real bad and he looked very physical and explosive and just like on on it you know very physically imposing I think it's like an intensity thing with him he just needs to have the energy and turn it on I think he'll, he'll do it this year he looks like he's he's in it he's got his head in the game so I'm going to say Tariq Wilson makes the quarterfinals with Dom Demas. Uh, I did a commentary on Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma, so you might know Dom Demas from that. Uh, great inside trip, uh, great upper body stuff, you know, very, very strong, very uh, powerful, explosive. Likes to take his time on his feet, doesn't do much if he's not getting those ties he likes, but he, he's good, man. Uh, good on the mat as well. But I think uh, I think Tariq Wilson, even though I prefer Dom Demas, I think Tariq Wilson's going to take him out to make the semi with... Uh, Jaden Ironman, but I think that's where it ends. Um, just because, you know, Tariq Wilson's thing is being very long and like physical for his length, and Jaden Ironman's gonna be able to deal with that. Thinking any, any weird positions, uh, weirdness is where he thrives, and he, he's very strong in places that you don't think he would be. So I think that'll work for him, and I think he's just a cleaner attacker on the feet as well. So uh, he used to not shoot, <laughs> but he beat the Olympic champion uh, Vladimir Kanchekishvili in, in freestyle recently. So I think he's pretty good. Um, I think he'll take him out. So I'm going to go Jane Ironman makes the finals on the top side. Bottom side is much more competitive. Um, you have Sebastian Rivera as the three seed, uh, former All-American, uh, two-time All-American, I believe. Uh, wrestling for Rutgers after transferring from Northwestern. He's a New Jersey guy. I believe his dad was Frankie Edgar's coach, uh, Steve Rivera. And he, he's close with Edgar. And he actually wrote about MMA a little bit. He did some MMA journalism, Sebastian did. Um, so this is probably a guy that's going to do MMA. So if you're looking for those dudes, I think that's one for sure. Uh, he's going to have a nice little road into the quarterfinals 
Um, and I think he'll wrestle Alan Hart from Missouri in the quarterfinals, who I haven't watched, but I've heard he's solid. Missouri's a tough team. Um, but I, I think he's just a level above. I think there's three guys that are really a level above this year, and it's uh, Jaden Ironman, uh, Seba- uh, yeah, Sebastian Rivera, and Nick Lee from Penn State. So Nick Lee's the two seed. He wrestles like Zane Rutherford if Zane Rutherford had a higher pace on his feet and was a little worse on top. <laughs> so still very good. Uh, he's an Indiana guy, I believe. Yeah, wrestles for Penn State. He's going to have a pretty easy time. Uh, he might wrestle either Ian Parker, who we wrote about on the fight site, so check him out from Iowa State, uh, or Zach Sherman, who uh, wrestles for the ACC, obviously, for University of North Carolina. But I think you know, Lee's better than those guys uh, by, by a couple tiers. So I think it's going to be Lee and Rivera in the semi. And at Big Ten's, Lee beat Rivera, very close match, very competitive match. Both guys were getting takedowns, and I just think Rivera has it in him. I think I think he just has it in him. He's had a bad NCAA tournament before where he lost to Jack Miller uh, when he shouldn't have and didn't get to wrestle Spencer Lee, who he beat that season. This goes to show you he was a 125, right now he's a 141. But, yeah, I, I think Rivera has it in him. I just think he's better. I think he's going to beat Nick Lee. I'm picking against Penn State a lot here. Um, so I'm going to go Rivera versus Ironman in the finals. And uh, I, I recorded a podcast yesterday where I just went out on a limb and said Rivera is going to beat Jaden Ironman, but I don't think so. I think Jaden Ironman is going to win this weight. I think he's just uh, a step ahead physically and, and just has his game really on point right now. And he's trying to trying to transfer to freestyle and senior level. I think that's where his focus is at. And, and you get to a different level when you when you do that. So I think he's going to win. Oh, that's another one seed that I picked. Damn. Maybe next time. Yes. All right. <laughs> so 149, another very competitive weight, although I don't think it's as strong uh, as some of these other weights we've talked about, but very, very competitive. Um, Sammy Sasso is the number one seed. He's a Pennsylvania guy wrestling for Ohio State. Very good mat wrestler, very good pinner, uh, very good on top. He is going to wrestle uh, PJ Ogunsanya in the second round. I think uh, he's a very solid guy that has a lot of potential. Uh, undefeated this year. There's a lot of undefeated guys this year just because they've had limited competition. Uh, but I think PJ Ogunsanya can give him a little bit of a match, but I think Sasso will roll to the quarters. And he will probably wrestle either Yaya Thomas or Jaden Abbas. And both those guys are very highly regarded. Um, Yaya Thomas is the 25 seed. I don't know how that happened. He's very tough. Uh, both of those guys can give him a match, but I think he'll probably go through to the semis where this will be interesting. So bottom bracket, bottom of the bracket for that quarter is uh, Boo Luwalen from Oklahoma State. He's 16-1 this year. Super tough, but I think he's just not that clutch. <laughs> I think he has bad NCAA tournaments, and for some reason I'm just expecting him to get upset. Great name, though. Uh, he will wrestle either Mitch Moore or Josh Heil who I think are, are both tough, but I think he'll probably beat those guys. But then in his uh, in his quarter, he'll have either he'll have Ridge Lovett. Ridge Lovett from Nebraska, um, very, very good upper body, good on top, uh, just a very solid wrestler all around, looking very strong at the weight. His first match is a bit of a, a bomb because he has Peyton Omania, who's a Greco World Team member, age group level. Um has been headlocking and like double overs throwing people in college just like not wrestling folk style at all no no leg attacks just throws um so he could pin anybody really uh, at the weight he could put anyone on their back and put up six uh so there, there's a little bit of a sleeper there and i know ridge Lovett likes to go upper body so that could be trouble 
But I'm expecting Ridge Lovett to make it to the quarter. I think he'll take out Boo Llewellyn for the upset um, and get the semi with Sasso. These guys wrestled at Big Tens. It was a pretty close match, but Sasso seemed like he had a more uh, replicable route to the win. So I'm going to say Sasso makes the finals on the top side. Then bottom side, you have one of the best names in wrestling, Brock Mahler. Excellent, excellent name. Uh, from Missouri, undefeated this year. He was highly ranked last year as well. I think uh, Missouri's wrestling well this year, so I think he's going to do very well. Uh, he's got some tough guys to make it to his quarter, but I think he'll do it. And then uh, the other side of his quarter, you have Kane in store from Michigan, the 11 seed. Uh, always a, a highly ranked guy. Used to wrestle for Iowa State. He's very solid. Um, has has made a little bit of an impact age group level in freestyle, but uh, he just does not open up with his offense that much. I don't even know if he's capable of opening up that much with his offense. I think he's very limited. And I think if someone like puts up points on him, he's going to have a hard time coming back, which is why I'm picking Bryce Andonian to take him out in, in the round two matchup. And if you haven't watched that Virginia Tech duel with NC State on Patreon, watch that so you can get familiar with Bryce Andonian. And I think hopefully soon I will also do a commentary on his match with Austin O'Connor because Bryce Andonian is fireworks. He is electric. He is so fun. Um, not afraid to let it go at all. He'll throw you. He'll go for whatever. Um, and it, it's not like he fails or gives up points a lot by doing these things. He's very effective. Uh, he's just a very dangerous wrestler. So uh, he lost to Austin O'Connor this year, and I believe he, I don't know who else he lost to. He, had, he took one other loss, um, maybe twice, <laughs> maybe two losses to Austin O'Connor. But um, he he's the truth. He's the truth. He's really good for Virginia Tech. So I'm going to say Bryce Andonian takes out Kane and Store in the round two matchup and makes it to the quarters with Brock Mahler. But I'm going to say the, the, the dream ends there. I'm going to say Brock Mahler takes that one just because he's super solid. And I think Andonian just needs a little more time to mature physically and get his game together. Mahler is like there right now. I think he's ready to make a run. Um, so that's the semis is I'm going to say uh, Mahler gets there. Then bottom side, you have some tough guys for sure. Jonathan Milner from App State had a good run this year. Uh, Griffin Perriott and J Jared Deegan are both tough guys. But Austin O'Connor is the number two seed. I think he's the number rank one ranked guy in the weight, honestly. He's looked flawless this year besides getting scored on big by Bryce Andonian. But... He's really good uh, under hooks and upper body stuff, body locks, uh, you know, good leg attacker as well. Really tough on the mat. Uh, he like rips headlocks on top of like let people try to get up and rip them with headlocks. Super physical, just like a bruiser. That's someone I could see doing MMA uh, just because he has a lot of tattoos. So usually that's a sign that they might want to fight. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorite wrestlers in the NCAA this year. He's a very, very physical, fun style um, and just super solid. He's been good since he got to college. He, he's been ready. So I think he's going to burn his way through to the semis. I think he'll take out Brock Mahler. I think it'll be a close match, but I think he wins that one. It's going to be Sasso and O'Connor in the finals, and I think O'Connor is just better. Um, I think Sasso is still a little limited. I think Ohio State has issues with bottom wrestling, and I think O'Connor is going to beat him up there. So um, could be a tough match, could be a fun match, but I'm going to go Austin O'Connor national title as the number two seed. So there you go. That's my first non-one seed pick. 157, this is a cool weight. Um, a lot of senior level guys here. So one seed is Ryan Deacon. So Ryan Deacon is a world silver junior medalist. Uh, junior world silver medalist, excuse me. Uh, he's wrestling out of Northwestern. He is super big and jacked, and I don't know how he makes 157. Uh, he wrestled a lot with uh, Justin Gaethje in preparation for Khabib. Didn't help much, but he, that's some relevance to MMA for you. Uh, but he's undefeated this year, and his big claim to fame, other than his world medal, is that he beat 
uh, multiple time world team member and multiple time world medalist at the senior level, James Green beat him two years ago. Uh, so Ryan Deacon is on a different level than most college guys. I think he's going to burn his way through the semis and he'll have some guys to challenge him, but I think he takes them all out pretty easily. Then the bottom half of his quarter, Caleb Young from Iowa, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Um, he's probably going to wrestle Brady Berge from Penn State in his second round matchup. That's that's a little sleeper matchup. Um, I think Brady Berge was pretty low scoring and unimpressive earlier in his career. Then he got a concussion or, or some sort of neck injury, like really bad injury, and didn't look right. But now he's back and wears special headgear, and he's actually looked really good this season. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that Brady Berge might be able to take out Caleb Young, who I prefer, but I think he might win that. So I'm going to say winner of Caleb Young and Brady Berge makes the semis with Ryan Deacon. Uh, number four seed who is supposed to make the semis is Jesse Delavecchia from Ryder. He's a really funk-based wrestler, a lot of leg passing, a lot of like rolling through on takedown attempts, not a lot of defense first layer. Um, I watched him wrestle a lot. I covered Ryder wrestling last, uh, last season, and uh, I don't know. I just think that these Big Ten guys like Caleb Young and Brady Berge, those guys with really solid fundamental styles, good on top. I think that's probably bad for him. So I'm going to go ahead and say he gets upset in, in the quarterfinal by either of those guys. And then Ryan Deacon beats either one of them to make the finals. And then bottom half of the bracket is very interesting. So you have David Carr, junior world champion. Uh, not only was he junior world champion, I don't think he got scored on at junior worlds. And he, he teched a guy in the finals who beat two world medalists at senior worlds like a couple months later. So David Carr is very, very good. And get this, he beat Ryan Deacon at senior nationals this year or last year. So he could beat anyone in his weight class. He's a three seed from Iowa State, comes from a very famous wrestling family. Um, he doesn't really have a tough match until the semis. I don't think his, his toughest test is going to be Brayton Lee. I think he's just a step above these guys. I think there's, there's three guys that can win this weight. It's Ryan Deacon, David Carr, and Hayden Hydley. Um, Will Lewin is, is a cadet world champion. He's going to wrestle him in the second round, but Will Lewin was, has looked really bad this year in college, so <laughs> I'm not really expecting much out of him. Ja'Cory Teamer was a good recruit at uh, ASU. rather. He's good, but I just, I just don't think he's going to have much for Carr. Uh, and then bottom half of that quarter, you have Jarrett Jock uh, from Missouri, Johnny Lovett, from CMU, I mean, those guys are are good. Uh, Justin Thomas from Oklahoma is wrestling. If you watched my commentary on Okie State, Oklahoma, you'll remember him. He's very solid. Uh, Chase Saldate, uh, you might know him from Daniel Cormier. Uh, he wrestled for him in high school, and DC just, like, put him in a lot of videos at AKA, and there's, like, a video of him wrestling with Khabib, and he, he's good wrestling for Michigan, Michigan State. He's 8-5 and five this year. I watched him at Big Tens. He's solid. He's a good wrestler, but I don't think he's an all-American contender this year. I think he'll probably go like one and two or two and three or two and two or something like that. You can only take two losses. Um, but I don't think he's going to all-American this year. But it doesn't matter because his second round match is Hayden Hydley. So he'll probably win his first match, lose to Hydley, and then we'll see how much he wins on the backside. Um, but yeah, Hayden Hydley, another guy that wrestles at the senior level domestically, uh, challenges those guys. Could be pretty good. I think he made a U23 world team before. Um, but he's going to make it to the semis. It's going to be Hayden Hydley versus David Carr in the semis. I think Hydley's beaten Carr, but Carr has beaten Deacon. And Deacon's beaten Hydley. <laughs> so if it's Deacon Hydley in the finals, I think Hydley, I think Deacon wins. 
if it's Carr Deacon in the finals, I think it's possible that Carr wins. And if it's there's no other combination. Those are the only combinations. So um, I just don't know who to pick in Hydley versus Carr. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say Hydley because it's probably his last year in college and he's good at slowing matches down and he's a bigger, stronger guy and he might be able to do it. And NC State is really making a run at a team title. Not a team title, but, you know, a team trophy, top three finish. They could be. They could play second, honestly, with the draw that they have. So I think Hayden Hydley is going to get it done and get to the finals and wrestle Deacon, and I think Deacon will probably beat him, but it'd be cool if, if Hydley won. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the one seed, Ryan Deacon, but I picked Hydley yesterday, and now I'm going back on it. All right, screw it. No, I picked Pennsylvania boy Hayden Hydley. How about that? Another another two seed pick. There you go. But I do think if David Carr beats Hayden Hydley, he's going to win the title. So there's that for you. 165, my favorite weight, because it's terrible. It's not terrible, but it's just wide open. <laughs> There's like five or six different guys that could win the title here. So let me break it down for you. The number one seed is Alex Marinelli from Iowa, the Bull, Ohio guy. Uh, he's very, very good, but he's not looked so great this season. He looks a little off, and I think that could be good for the rest of the bracket. I think he's making the finals but things could get kind of interesting. So he has wins over Vincenzo Joseph. He has wins over basically everybody during the regular season, but postseason he always seems to trip up and take a loss at NCAAs that he maybe shouldn't have. Uh, originally it was Makai Lewis beat him in an early round matchup, and then Makai Lewis beat Vincenzo Joseph in the finals, so Makai Lewis turned out to be the truth, given that he was a junior world champion. Um, so Makai Lewis is in this bracket, but... He's the four seed. He's on Marinelli's side. So best case scenario, it's going to be Marinelli-Lewis in the semis. But I don't think it matters because Mikhail Lewis got injured very badly against Jake Wenzel from Pitt, who is the three seed. Uh, basically, what happened was that it was a normal match. Wenzel took him down in the first period, which I thought was very impressive. He took most of the period to, took him to, to take him down. He had the leg, and he just gradually just kept, kept getting more height in the leg. And eventually, he put it over his head. He had both hands on the ankle and lifted the leg over his head. And then uh, lifted it up a little bit more to step in and trip him out. But the flexibility was insane. Uh, so he took him down the first period, then rode him out for the rest of the period. Wenzel was super tough on top. And then the second period, uh, Lewis took bottom, which I think was a mistake. And uh, Wenzel rode him into the dirt, uh, put double boots in, you know, flattened him out. And was really working this power half for like both arms, uh, attacking one arm and pulling back at the shoulder. Uh, with a little bit of uh, pressure behind the head as well. And I think he dislocated his shoulder, really hurt his shoulder. So Mikhail Lewis didn't wrestle the ACCs. He had to get an at-large bid and then got the fourth seed based on that. But he is not healthy. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just didn't get to the semis. Um, but if he does, it'd be interesting if he wrestled Marinelli. If he gets to the semis, I assume he's healthy. And then he can beat Marinelli. But whoever makes the finals on that side probably isn't 100%. And there is some upset potential, like Shane Griffith from Stanford's a New Jersey guy. He's very tough. He's going to be Marinelli's quarterfinal, most likely. Um, then, you know, for for Makai Lewis, you have, like, Zach Hartman from Bucknell, who's a Pennsylvania guy. He's a Pennsylvania guy, and he's from my district, Pennsylvania, so I got to root for him. Um, but yeah, he, he could upset Makai Lewis. Uh, Tanner Schedule from Navy is tough. He could upset Makai Lewis. Um Jake Keating from UVA probably won't do it, but he could. He's tough, too. So there's a bunch of tough guys he's going to have to wrestle. So if he's not 100%, he's probably going to lose. Um, so that's the, that top side. You know, already some 
variety happening there. And then bottom side, number three seed is Jake Wenzel. He got that off beating uh, Makai Lewis and Jake Keating and Kennedy Monday and Tanner Schedule. Um, so he's beaten a lot of guys in this weight. He did take a loss to Thomas Bullard, who is the 17 seed, because Bullard did not have a good season. Um, but he's never beaten Bullard, so it happens. It happens. <laughs> Everyone's got their kryptonite. So Wenzel's 9-1 this year. He's the 3 seed. He's going to have uh, Evan Barchak from Drexel in the first round. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Second round, he's going to have Garrett Ninehouse uh, from Purdue, who's a Pennsylvania guy and has a Punisher tattoo. And uh, Garrett Ninehouse is going to wrestle Peyton Robb from Nebraska in the, in the first round. Another really tough Big Ten wrestler. Um, I think Rob will probably win that one, and he's a asking Wrestling Academy guy as well. So he's going to be good on the mat, but I think anyone who's going to try to funk and scramble with Wenzel as like a first line of defense is probably going to lose at this point. Although that is what gives him trouble about Thomas Bullard. But Bullard also knows, like, okay, i got to get to Wenzel's legs first to make him the one that's scrambling, so I can try to exploit that. If you're going to try to defend against Wenzel that way, or like take bottom against him at all at this point, I think it's a bad idea. And Wenzel kind of realized that he doesn't need to wrestle on the feet. <laughs> he just needs to wait until he can get top position so he can beat people up. So he just digs underhooks, and uh, he jacks people up with double underhooks, and either you try to stall out of the position, and that's good for him because he's stalling, or you don't know how to deal with it, and he gets to a body lock and he takes you down, which has happened a lot as well. So either way, I think Wenzel is going to be safe going through this bracket at this point because he has this nice, safe winning style. So I'm going to say Wenzel beats either of those guys. Uh, his quarter is either going to be Cam Amin from Michigan, Kennedy Monday, who he's beaten twice already, uh, or Keegan O'Toole from Missouri, who's undefeated this year, very highly ranked recruit, another Askren Wrestling Academy guy, um, a lot of Askren kids in this weight. So I think Keegan O'Toole is kind of the sleeper in this weight class because uh, we don't really know how good he is yet, but he looks great. So I think he might upset Cam Amin Monday winner and make the quarters, but like I said, if your game is being like a funky scrambly guy on bottom, I think that's going to go well for Wenzel. So I'm going to say that O'Toole does not upset Wenzel in that quarter and makes the semis. And uh, yeah, bottom side of that of that part is going to be Ethan Smith from Ohio State, another Pennsylvania kid. Um, you have Joe Lee from Penn State. I don't think he's going to make much happen. You have Travis Whitlake from Ohio State, who I watched in that commentary. I thought he looked very clean and good. He did take a loss at Big 12s, but I think he, he's better than that. Um, you have Dan Braunegel from Illinois, who's also very solid. You have uh, Isaac Olenek from uh, Northern Illinois, who's apparently very solid. And you have Anthony Valencia, the number two seed, brother of Zahid Valencia, uh, who was a very, very highly ranked guy in high school. It kind of fallen a bit in reputation. Uh, definitely Zahid has overtaken him, but he's undefeated this season. He had a, a big win at Senior Nationals. He beat Hayden Hydley in a weird match. Um, so he, he's having a good run recently, so... Nobody is picking Valencia to make the finals. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's going to get upset by one of these guys. Um, I think it'll be Whitlake. Uh, I think Smith will beat Nicholson. I think Whitlake will beat Joe Lee. Then I think Whitlake will beat Ethan Smith. And then I think uh, Valencia will beat the, the Braunegel Alenic winner and make the quarter. And then I think uh, Whitlake is going to beat Valencia to make the semi against Wenzel. And I think Wenzel is going to shut down Whitlake's game with his underhooks and make the finals against either Marinelli or Lewis, and I think Jake Wenzel's going to beat one of them in the finals. I think he's going to win a national title at 165. There are two title contenders for the University of Pittsburgh this year, and I am picking both of them. So 
So that's number three seed winning the national championship over the one or the four. And there you go. Um, he could he could lose. He could definitely lose, but I'm gonna go ahead and pick it. <laughs> he could lose any of these guys, really. Um, that wouldn't be like there was a we were joking before that like it wouldn't be that shocking if he lost to Dan Braunegel. Just you know the weight's good. There's a lot of parity. Um, you know, it's, everyone's around the same level, so. We'll see. We'll see what happens at 165. I think that's the one that's most subject to uh, a variety of results. All right, moving on to the big boys, 174. Yeah, and wrestling 174 is considered big. The, the weights really move really fast from here because 174, 184, 197, then heavyweights. So we're, we're almost there. Um, number one seed, another Pennsylvania kid, Mike Kemmer from Iowa, started his career at 149 as a redshirt, then wrestled two seasons as a 157 two-time All-American, and now he's up at 174 and looks very, very much elite. So he took that pace from, you know, the lower weights, and he's still keeping it up at 174, and not many people can deal with it. Uh, so, like, almost the same style, just bigger. <laughs> and he's going to wrestle nobody particularly tough. Uh, Daniel Buller is probably the best guy, but he has the, a really good style to pick Bullard apart. You know, brother of Thomas Bullard, obviously, uh, to get to the quarters. Uh, to get the semis, actually, that's, you know, his semi run is pretty easy. Um, the bottom half of his semi is going to be either Logan Massa or Mike Labriola. Uh, Mike Labriola is another Pennsylvania guy wrestling for Nebraska. Uh, he is just an animal, just, you know, a big athletic Italian guy. Um, you know, wrestles very athletically. You know, obviously Nebraska is home of Jordan Burroughs formerly. Now he's in Pennsylvania. But he he's like that. <laughs> he's like one of those guys. Um, it's probably going to be Massa versus Labriola. And Massa is, is a very solid senior-level guy, competes internationally in, in medals at, at major tournaments, but he also takes weird losses. He's only 8-3 and three in college this year. I think he just doesn't care, or he's just having a bad <laughs> a bad run. So I'm going to go ahead and say Labriola gets the upset there. And uh, it's Kemmerer-Labriola, and I think Kemmerer has a good style to beat Labriola, so he's going to make the finals. And then bottom half... You have a number three seed from Penn State, Carter Starachi. Uh, he, he's been looking good. He took an early prospect loss, but Vincenzo Joseph, another uh, middleweight uh, from Penn State, took an early prospect loss as a freshman and then won a national title. So I wouldn't read too much into it. He's been looking really good lately. So I think he's going to make it through to his quarter um, where he will have Andrew McNally from Penn, Kent State. Not really worried about that, so I think he's going to go to the semis. Then bottom half, you have uh, Caleb Romero from Ohio State. He's an Ohio guy. Uh, very, very big and strong, but not that dynamic as a wrestler. I think that works against him. Uh, you have Anthony Mantinona, who you might have watched in the commentary I did, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. A uh, very dynamic athlete. You know, gasses a little bit, but has a good style to deal with him gassing. Um, Peyton Mako from Missouri, he's been looking really tough. Um, I, I probably pick him to beat Mantinona and beat Romero if, if possible. He's been looking really good this year. I think Missouri's going to have a good tournament. Uh, and then bottom half, you have uh, Demetrius Romero from uh, Utah Valley. He's undefeated this year. I think he'll probably make the quarter uh, with uh, with Mako. I don't know who's going to win that one, but I think it doesn't matter. I think Starachi's going to beat either one in the semis and go to the finals. It's going to be an all-Pennsylvania final with Mike Kemmerer and Carter Starachi. And I'm going to go ahead and say Kemmerer wins the title. Uh, I think he's the best guy this year. So there you go. 184. Another Penn State guy at the top, Aaron Brooks, a uh, very highly re re regarded recruit. I think he has a world championship at the age group level in freestyle. 
Uh, he, he was looking very promising back way back then. Now he's only gotten bigger, and I think he's, he's getting pretty good. He suffered an injury at Big Tens, like an ankle injury, during a match and still won uh, against someone really tough. So I think even if he's banged up, he can wrestle through it and he can win. Um, he has a lot of Big Ten guys on his side, like Rocky Jordan and Taylor Vins. I think he'll deal with them fine to get to the quarter. Um, to, I mean, to win the quarter against either of them and get to the semis. The other semi, uh, I mean, the, his opponent in the semis is probably going to be Hunter Bowen from Virginia Tech. Uh, Bowen has one loss this year to Trent Hydley at uh, ACC's. He also beat Trent Hydley uh, at, in the dual meet, so you probably watched that one if you watched the commentary. Very boring match, as their matches tend to be, because Hunter Bowen's a very boring wrestler. But he's also very good at winning and very solid fundamentally and very big and strong. So I think he's going to beat all these guys, honestly, and, and make it to the semi with Aaron Brooks. And I don't know. It's like if Brooks is wrestling kind of conservatively because he's injured, that plays into Bowen's thing, and he might be vulnerable. So I might be picking Bowen to upset Brooks, but I don't want to be so mean to Penn State. I've been very mean to Penn State this, this whole time. So I don't know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Brooks makes the finals, but if Bowen makes the finals, I won't be surprised. In the bottom half, you have Lou Dupre from Binghamton. He's a New York kid. Uh, undefeated this year, very, very good, big and strong, very aggressive, very good on top, very aggressive on top. Um, he'll be wrestling Greg Harvey from Pitt first round. and I, I like Greg Harvey, but he's not a very physical 184, probably not even a 184 at all. So he's going to get run over, unfortunately. Um, then he's going to have a, a Braun Eagle. The other Braun Eagle is going to beat him up, or uh, Caleb Hopkins from Campbell, uh, formerly Kerry Collat's team. But I think he'll beat any of those guys up. I think he's making the quarter. Uh, and he'll probably have some combination of Dakota Gear from Oklahoma State, Devin Kane from UNC, or John Poznanski from Rutgers. Uh, Poznanski looked really good at Big Tens. Devin Kane looked good at ACC's. Dakota Gear has been good for, for a couple of years now, former, former Edinburgh wrestler, uh, very good on top. But I think it doesn't matter. I think uh, Lou Dupre is going to make the semi for sure. And then bottom half, you have... My boy Charles Small, that's the number 23 seed, you know, Twitter friend, uh, wrestles for Hofstra. He's 7-2 and two this year. Uh, one of his losses to Lou Dupre, the other one was an injury. So uh, really only one loss this year to the number 3 guy who is undefeated. Uh, he, he wrestles very conservative style, likes to only get one or two takedowns in a match, but he's very, very technically sound on his feet. Big athletic guy. Uh, not big for the weight, but big in general. Um, doesn't cut much weight to Nick 184, so I'm hoping for a good run from Charles here. But he's going to run into Trent Hydley pretty early on. Uh, Trent Hydley from NC State, another Pennsylvania kid. Um, another age group talent, uh, you know, world team member at age group level. So I think Trent Hydley is probably my, my guy to, to win this one. So I'm going to go ahead and say he, he beats Charles again, unfortunately. Uh, makes the semi against Lou Dupre. That's a great match, but I think Hydley has a good style to slow him down a bit and, and get his own game going with his underhooks. So I'm going to say Hydley beats Dupre. Makes the finals against Bowen or Brooks, and he just beat Bowen, so I would expect him to do it again. And Brooks might be a little bit, um, a little bit damaged. So I might say Trent Hydley for a title. Uh, the only thing is that Penn State every year has some sort of magic <laughs> where they come alive and they wrestle way better than they have the entire year. But I'm gonna say Trent Hydley, uh, the number two seed, wins the title. Another title for Pennsylvania. Let's do it. And either way, it's a title for Pennsylvania because, uh, yeah, Penn State. Even if Brooks isn't from Pennsylvania. There you go. All right, 197. We're almost there. 
Number one seed is Miles Amin. So Miles Amin is a multiple-time All-American. He used to wrestle at 174, bumped up this year, um, bumped up all the way to 197 this year. He's supposed to be a 184, but uh, Miles Amin's thing at 174 was that he couldn't beat Mark Hall or Zahi Valencia. Well, now those guys aren't in his weight class, and things have changed. He, in the freestyle scene, is wrestling for San Marino, which is his uh, country of ancestry. I think it's, you know, Mediterranean. I don't really know where it is specifically, but he wrestles for San Marino, which is his brother, um, who's not in college anymore. He did so well at the 2019 World Championships. Uh, He beat Ali Shabanov, who is very, very tough, very credentialed, so many medals to his name. He beat uh, Ahmed Dudarov, who was a, a Chechenian transfer to Germany. That guy teched Pat Downey in like 30 seconds, and then Miles Amin beat him. Uh, he, he beat a bunch of really tough guys, and his only losses were to Hassan Yazdani Shirati and Arthur Naifana from Russia. So Miles Amin is a placed fifth in the world. He's a world-level guy. He's world-ranked. Um, he lost to Trent Hidley at the RTC Cup recently, so he's not above taking losses to domestic guys. And he hasn't looked amazing this season, despite being undefeated, but... I just think he's at a higher level than most of these guys, so I'm going to say putting him in the quarter is pretty simple. Um, very unfair bracketing for the for the Big 12. The Big 12 has most of the good 197s. Uh, Noah Adams was ranked number one at one point this year. Uh, Steve Buchanan was ranked high at one point this year. Steve Buchanan has beat Noah Adams a bunch of times, but Noah Adams has beat A.J. Ferrari, who is someone who could make a big run here. So uh, they're all on the same side of the bracket, uh, but... Buchanan and Adams are on Amin's part of the quarter, so I think whoever wins that one, probably Buchanan, um, is going to wrestle Amin, and Amin's going to beat... Well, I don't know. Amin could lose to them. He, Like I said, he hasn't looked super put together this year, but I just think he's he's a level above, and he'll be able to do it, uh, even if his feet have looked a little sloppy, and he looks like he's kind of wrestling on a ledge, but <laughs> I think he can pull it together and have a good tournament, uh, win his title finally. I think he's going to take out either of those guys to make the semi. And then bottom half of that that semi is going to be either Jacob Warner from Iowa or, I mean, Lucas Davison from Northwestern is pretty good. Tanner Sloan from South Dakota State is pretty good. But A.J. Ferrari uh, only lost this year to Noah Adams. I think he beat Buchanan. He beat Tanner Sloan. He beat Jake Woodley. He's beat a lot of these guys. He's looking good. He's looking very, very good. He's, he's not just a meme. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't know about the AJ Ferrari memes, you just need to look them up on Twitter. Honestly, look them up on TikTok or look them up on any social media and just start to observe him, and you'll understand it right away. Um, <laughs> if you really want to know a lot about him, then just DM me like, "What's the deal with AJ Ferrari?" and I will show you something. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's an interesting guy. He wrestles for Bergen Catholic in high school, a New Jersey school. He's from Texas. Um, very very Italian man. A uh, very different upbringing. Um, but I think he's going to have a great run here. So I think he's going to beat Jacob Warner in the quarterfinals and make the semi with uh, Miles Amin. And I don't know, man. He could beat Miles Amin. He could definitely beat Miles Amin. I'm not going to pick it, but he could. Um, so AJ Ferrari is going to make the semis. I think Miles Amin probably beats him uh, and makes the finals. And then get this in the bottom half. The number three seed is Cordell Norfleet from ASU. Uh, a guy who's really come into his own recently, uh, wrestling at a very high level. He's very, very good, uh, very dynamic, very solid, big uh, for the weight. He's not going to have a tough match until his quarterfinal. 
basically how it's going to shake out is bottom half of his quarter is Nino Bonacorsi, the sixth seed from Pitt. Uh, only one loss this year for Nino to uh, Isaac Trumbull, who's not in this tournament. And the, the deal is that with Nino, he it, it's kind of like Kemmer, honestly, how I said before, like a big guy that takes a lot of shots. Like people can't deal with that very much. Um, but his shots were kind of sloppy for a while. He's shooting a lot of low doubles from the outside and wasn't setting them up though. I was just trying to pace people. But that doesn't work against people who have really good hips and defense and can make you tired for doing that. So he's cleaned it up a lot. He's cleaned it up a lot. He's looked very good this year, moving up to 197. Obviously, if you're wrestling bigger guys than you're used to, you can't just be shooting underneath them all the time. So he's gotten more selective about his shots, better with his snapdown game and to get into like ankle picks and low doubles. And uh, his reattacks have been really good. He has a nice uh, ankle pick reattack off your shot. So I think Nino is a nightmare for these big guys. And uh, he'll be wrestling J.I.L.O. the second round. J.I.L.O. is the 11th seed. Uh, J.I.L.O. has two losses this year, and they're both Nino Bonacorsi, so I think Nino's going to beat him again to make that quarter. And I'm just going to go ahead and ride with my guy, and I'm going to say Nino's going to beat him to make the semi. So I think semifinal run for Nino Bonacorsi. Uh, obviously a Pennsylvania guy. <laughs> and uh, bottom half, you have Rocky Elam from Missouri, a very highly regarded recruit. He placed pretty high at senior nationals he had a really good run so i'm impressed with him uh he has a uh, almost u23 u23 world team member jake woodley in his first match i think that's a high level matchup i think he'll win that one uh cam caffey from michigan state very good mat wrestler um very good at wrestling against people who shoot on him but i think uh his fundamentals will kind of fail him and he just doesn't have the style to win a lot of big matches so i'm going to say uh elon takes him out uh bottom part of that quarter yeah, Michael Beard from Penn State. Uh, fun fact, Michael Beard uh, went to Malvern Prep, which is uh, in my, my area that I grew up in, pretty close to it. And my high school coach was actually his personal coach after um, after he left our school. So, uh, small connection there. But yeah, I think Beard is going to take out Eric Schultz, the two seed. I just uh, haven't seen much of Schultz, so I don't really have a reason to believe in him. And I think the Kale Magic is going to take cold here, and, and Beard's going to take him out. So it's going to be Elam and, uh, and, uh, sorry, and Beard in this quarter but whoever wins i don't care i think i think nina bonacorsi is going to win that semi and make the finals against miles amin or aj ferrari and you know san marino isn't technically Italy, but italy but i'm going to say that's that's an all italian final uh which is even better than an all pennsylvania final uh so i'm gonna go ahead and do it again and i'm gonna say nino bonacorsi wins a title so two titles for pitt pitt hasn't had a national champion since 2008 their last national champion was Keith Gavin, who is now the head coach at the University of Pittsburgh. So there you go. It's only his second or third year as head coach. I think we're going to do it, and we're going to get our champs here. At least one. At least one of those things needs to happen, either 197 or, one, or 165. Please. Please, please. All right. <laughs> who knows? Maybe Mickey Phillippe will do it, but I don't think so. All right. Down to heavyweight. Pretty much chalk here. Gable Stevenson's the best wrestler in the United States at heavyweight. Um, he beat Nick Wazdowski multiple-time world team member, multiple-time multiple-time world medalist. He majored Mason Paris, who's the number two seed at, at Big Tens. He's, he's going to beat all these guys. I'm not even going to break it down. He's going to beat all these guys. He's the best wrestler in, in the country. He's going to make the Olympic team. He's the guy. He's going to beat them all. The end. All right? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's all I have to say. Um, okay, so that was me talking about wrestling. Uh, yeah, I, I love wrestling. I love college. I love freestyle. I, I don't love Greco so much, but... <laughs> 
I, I like opportunities to discuss it. So uh, hopefully soon I can do some more Patreon content for wrestling. I'm sure there's going to be an abundance of things to talk about uh, after NCAAs, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what I do. All right, that was it. That was the wrestling for MMA podcast. That was way more wrestling than MMA this week, but people like to talk about NCAAs. It's March Madness, so there you go. Have a good one.